When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. But now, I just cover my face when I leave the house. Joining me today, he is one of my favorite people in the whole world. We used to work together at a website called Crack.com, and he's the host of a podcast called The Cracked Podcast at Crack.com. Imagine that, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Schmidt. Also joining me, she is a fantastic comic, if comedy is a thing you remember, She's also the host of a podcast called Unruly, and it rhymes with her goddamn name. Ladies and gentlemen, we're always happy to have her here, Heather Maruli. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me today as co-host, no one. We're all locked in quarantine still and probably will be for a long, long time. But I do have some guests joining me by phone. Alex Schmidt's here, for example. Yeah, hello. Alex, how are things in North Carolina? They're good. Uh, uh, Durham is a fantastic town and we're, we're healthy and we're hanging in there. And I'm also, I'm now imagining that like the city of Los Angeles ordered you to not have co-hosts. They were like, this is a city, it's a decree for safety, like even someone over the phone, not the co-host, forget it. I argued that it was an essential podcast and the city vehemently <laughs> disagreed with me, so I don't get to have a co-host. But Heather Maruli's also here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. How are things in Los Angeles? My God, I mean, <laughs> things, I don't know, wait, are you not in, uh, where are you? I'm in Torrance right now. So it's sort of L.A., but not really. Oh, you're in Orange County? Kind of. No, I think it's still L- I'm still in L.A. County. Oh, I guess it's like the South Bay. Yes. Um, I'm you know what? Things are fine here. Well, I, in my neighborhood, I don't things aren't too out of control. Like, I don't think anybody here is sick. That's good. That I know of. Well, I keep checking the case map. Do you check the case map? I do not. No, I'm trying to not drive myself insane. OK, yeah, don't don't look at it. Is it like the pedophile map or worse? <laughs> um, no, the pedophile map is worse. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Pedophilia worse than COVID-19. How is that? A, that's not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> Fine. Let's I move think on. That's actually, that makes sense. You know, we're talking about COVID-19 today on the podcast. We're talking about huge problems that the world already had that are a little bit worse now because of coronavirus. More like problems the United... Well, some of them are are, are world problems, but the first one is a United States problem almost exclusively. Not exclusively. Like, there are, I'm sure, third world countries that are in the same situation we're in, but uh, we do not have enough hospital beds. By a shocking margin, we don't have enough hospital beds. Right. Yeah. Like, everyone knows we're short on ventilators. Like, those are hard to produce. But a bed, that seems pretty easy. You can get one delivered to your door now. Use code on POPs at checkout to save 15% off. But, <laughs> like, just in general, even when there's not a pandemic ravaging the globe, we don't have enough beds in the United States. We have roughly 2.8 hospital beds per 1,000 people. South Korea has 12 per 1,000 people, China 4.3, Italy 3.2. So Italy, who's just getting wrecked right now, 
even has more hospital beds than we do. It's going to be a big problem. Yeah, I was I, I was never super confident in that old healthcare system, you know, and now they've got this exciting thing going on. Great. Well, I mean, part of the issue is so, I mean, it's not like other medical issues or emergencies are going to abate. Like, people are always going to have regular medical emergencies. Right. So that's where everything is getting problematic, where they have, you know, people who are still coming in, like, from accidents and, like, fires and, like, having heart attacks and all the shit on top of this. Those selfish fucks. Imagine, imagine being selfish enough to get in a fucking car accident right now. (laughs) Call me if you do, because I work in personal injury law. (laughs) I was scrolling Instagram and I saw somebody posted that they'd sliced open an avocado. And in my head, I was like, bold move. Like, you're going to use a knife like that in these times? You're going to just put your hands around that? Wow. It's pretty, pretty risky. Yeah, it's like in... We have 924,000 hospital beds, and like we we just mentioned, like people are still going to get sick, and most of those are still going to be used. And on the high end of things, we have 60,000 intensive care units. And here's what we'll need if we have a moderate pandemic. We'll need 1 million people hospitalized, 200,000 in intensive care. A severe pandemic, 9.6 million hospitalized. 2.9 2.9 million in intensive care. That's rough. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Everything's bad. All these pandemic situations, they remind me of how uninterested I am in large numbers. You know, like I, ju- I hear them and I'm like, oh, I got to really steal myself to like process this whole thing. Yeah, it's I guess in the next two weeks or by the time this goes up in the next week, probably that's when the deaths are going to get really fucking crazy. We could be, there could be like two or 3,000 people a day dying. Well, are they're saying that we're two to three weeks behind what happened in Italy? Is that still the time lag? I, I think it's that. And, and yeah, that's bad because Italy, and that, that's kind of what our projections are pointing toward is that things are going to be here like they were in Italy. And sure, man, Italy didn't handle this well, but neither did we. Well, but the thing about Italy and not bragging that, yes, I have been to Europe, uh, but I have been to <laughs> Italy. And see, the thing about Italy, it's very uh, population dense, like just like New York City, because like, you know, in New York City, like everybody's like in apartment buildings, like stacked on top of each other. So that's part of the issue is the population density. And that's part of why I don't really think it can be as bad in Los Angeles, for example, as it is in New York, just because people are more spread out and not, you know, normally like running into each other all the time. Uh, so I think that's one benefit that we have in more spread out areas, more rural areas. But yeah, I agree with you about Los Angeles. I think because it is more spread out than New York, I think it there's at least some chance that it won't get as bad here as it is in New York. And I think we did a little better in the early days of all shutting down and not because you, even when you're, even when you're locked down in New York, like you still can't really lock down, like just going outside, there's going to be a ton of people out there. Oh yeah. No, all the time. Totally. You're, you're just, there's like so many people and and Queens is especially bad right now. And I'm from Queens originally and Queens is just extremely population dense. You know, everybody's taking, the seven train or the N train or whatever to get home. And it's just, uh, I can totally see it as a breeding ground for any illness. (laughs) So it makes sense what's happening. Unfortunately, I have a solution for our hospital bed problem. We have 900,000 hospital beds. We also have 600,000 Airbnb rental units in this country that, That those fucking (laughs) landlord pigs can't rent out to people right now. So why not work with those people and convert some of those units into care facilities of some sort? Sure, at the end of that, we're going to have a lot of haunted Airbnbs because people are going to die in there. But still, 
Well, the last Airbnb Airbnb I stayed in was haunted for sure. Or the guy was spying on me. I just couldn't tell. Like I, th- he either oh, no. had like a weird camera in the closet. It was watching me undress, or it was haunted. I hope it was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, haunted sounds like the better option there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That was in Portland. I went. To, I was in Portland uh, last month. Oh, memories. Remember Portland? <laughs> oh, remember being a different place. Wow. Yeah. Remember places? Those were great. Those were the fucking best. I loved places. Yeah. Airbnb is a very good idea, Adam. I I haven't heard that before. That's smart. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some logistical problems. Not every Airbnb unit is going to (laughs) be suitable as a fucking hospital room. But even like quarantine spaces for homeless people and things like that. We still got homeless people that we have to put somewhere during all this. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it would work. But uh, let's talk about another thing that that seems to be getting worse under COVID-19, which is attacks on free speech. People are getting fired left and right for talking about how bad the conditions are where they work, which is uh, that's a harsh move in a pandemic to fire people for being scared. I I don't know. Like I, I I kind of expect this to happen. I mean, we're we're really seeing is like the power of the multinational corporation, like just like rise further and further above. You know, like Amazon. Like we knew they were bad before, but they're worse now, <laughs> and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, they. Amazon is one example. There was a guy named Chris Smalls. He was an assistant manager at Amazon's Staten Island Fulfillment Center. He was fired after leading a protest in which he and 60 other co-workers walked off the job to demand Amazon close the center for proper cleaning. And like, why wouldn't you just close the center for proper cleaning? Do you want all your employees to die? Then no one's getting their fucking packages that aren't being sent in a timely manner anyway. <laughs> no, they aren't. Like, no, Prime is totally, it's its over. It's not happening. More like Amazon Crime. <laughs> People should go to jail for how long it's taken me to get a USB microphone right now. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> also use code crime for 15% off your order of a Unpops Amazon Prime microphone. <laughs> yeah, also doctors and medical professionals all around the country are being told they'll be fired for speaking to the media. One guy, Dr. Ming Lin, who was an ER physician in Washington State, he was fired for speaking to the media because, you know, it's not like Washington State needs doctors right now. They'll be fine. They're handling this shit great. And uh, yeah, he spoke to the Seattle Times about how failure to adopt needed protective measures and how it put healthcare workers in danger. And then there was a nurse in Chicago who was fired just for emailing her colleagues to say that they should maybe be wearing more protective gear than just a mask for an email for an email (laughs) man emails you can get fired for yeah (laughs) that's i've been fired for less than an email yeah that's a good point i guess one one thing i've noticed is like this pandemic is very chaotic in a lot of ways but it's been very predictable who's going to be a villain it's just everyone who was a villain beforehand in a general way like like if there was a betting pool for which politicians are going to basically be the mayor from jaws about this i would have i would have won all the money i would have got all of it right like <laughs> like the governor of florida who's a republican yeah sure like i'm right <laughs> yeah we talked about that on an episode of pretty scary and how people taking this seriously really breaks down along party lines mm. oh yeah for sure well, because there's a huge denial of, of science that has been a part of the the right rhetoric for so long, where they're like, oh, the, the global warming, whatever, that's not a thing, you know. And then I still see, well, you know, like, obviously, social media right now is a disaster. But I grew up in Colorado Springs, which is one of the most conservative cities in America. And I'm seeing people I like know from where I went to high school with and stuff. They're like, question does anyone even know someone who's being diagnosed with covid and it's like like, we're still doing this like come on it's so weird it's like i've never seen an alien before either but i know they exist (laughs) 
that's a, that's a, that's a sure, good, yeah. that's a good comparison, right? That works. Yeah. yeah that's definitely the number one response that'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> Deportations are getting worse under COVID-19, which can we all just agree ice should be t-shirt cannoned into the fucking sun? Like those big ice crowd. I didn't get any response. You both no, love, you both I, love I, ice I, so I'm much. Holy the, shit. I'm just reading, still looking at whatever. Oh my God. You both, your, your ice <laughs> hoodies are in the mail. <laughs> it, it is a thing where in this situation, I keep being surprised that anyone's working at all. So then to see like ice still on the job is just crazy. Like, <laughs> well, it's essential to kick out uh, immigrants, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> They're like, oh, gotta get that's an essential job. <laughs> that is literally uh, kind of the exact quote from David Marin, who's director of enforcement <laughs> yeah. and removal operations for ICE in LA. He said, We're out here trying to protect the public by getting these criminal aliens off the street and out of our communities. Asking us to stop doing that basically gives those criminals another opportunity to maybe commit more crimes to create more victims. Fuck you. Oh, my God. And it it did seem like there was some good news relating to deportations because ICE did announce on March 18th that they would stop conducting most arrests during the COVID-19 outbreak. But they only did that after people got really mad at them for... The day after California went into lockdown, ICE went and conducted a bunch of raids in L.A. while everyone was at home. And they did the same thing in New York as part of this operation called Operation Palladium, where the Trump administration basically sent Customs and Border Protection has this like SWAT team that is normally used to deal with cartel people on the border and whatnot. And he sent them out to sanctuary cities like New York and L.A. to help ICE conduct raids. And they were doing that right up until like the early days of March. So when coronavirus was really spreading unchecked, ICE was out gathering people up to throw them in detention centers. And it's just a matter of time before coronavirus gets into one or several of these detention centers. And that's going to be a huge fucking problem. Well, it's already in prisons, right? Prisons and jails. Yeah, there have been corrections officers. Which is like a perfect breeding ground for a virus, you know, in an enclosed space. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, horrible. Things are bad. <laughs> Things are bad. I just want I, I just want one of the world's villains to like not respond to this by ramping it up. I just want one villain to like stay home and be a little too burned out to work. That's all I want. And it's just not happening. It's just villainy (laughs) as usual all around the world. We're going to talk about that a lot more in a minute. But in New York City, initial court appearances of individuals in detention in February and March were double what they were in December and January. So even Mm. though ICE isn't conducting raids right now, they still conducted a whole lot when this was spreading. And that's probably not going to end well. And also, this is exactly the cover Trump needed to really ramp up deportations. On March 21st, new measures were put in place that allow Customs and Border Protection agents to process deportations in the field instead of taking the person back to a border patrol station. So they they process it right there. They take them to the border. That person is sent back to Mexico. And currently under these rules, the process for permanently deporting people who cross the border takes 96 minutes. And part of that is because they don't give them a medical exam, which used to be required before you just kick someone back into a country that in most cases they don't even live in. Like these aren't people coming from Mexico. They're still coming from Central America. So they come here to the literal epicenter of coronavirus in the entire world and we just kick them back to mexico which is actually not doing too bad when it comes to coronavirus well isn't mexico also trying to keep people from crossing our border into mexico right now for good reason yeah yeah pretty sure they are and i've i've been saying that about canada for a long time too like i've i've been saying for years that canada's trump will be there in a few years. Like they'll have a Trump like leader. And what's going to be really unique about him is the immigrants. He's going to want to keep out is us. 
it will be Americans that he shuts the fucking Canadian border down to mark my fucking words. And this will make that even more of a possibility. But uh, yeah, I'm sure this none of this will go wrong at all. You're not going to believe this, but hate crimes are going way up as Uh a result. That seems like a pretty (laughs) standard American response to a crisis. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, man. Just, just villains. Listen, there's a show called Tiger King. I hear people are way into it. Like, watch that for a while, man. Come on. Just uh, take a break. Furlough the villains, I say. <laughs> for at least the next few months. Make them stay home. <laughs> yeah, the FBI has already warned that a surge in hate crimes prompted by coronavirus racism or coronaviracism, if you combine those words, was likely. This is a quote. The FBI assesses hate crime incidents against Asian Americans will likely surge across the United States due to the spread of coronavirus disease, endangering Asian American communities. The FBI makes this assessment based on the assumption that a portion of the U.S. public will associate COVID-19 with China and Asian American populations. Did they even need to put that statement out? I feel like it might almost make things worse. Well, it's also the the portion of the population that will associate it with that is hearing it from the president of the United States. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the FBI is supposed to do when the, you know, the calls coming from inside the house. It's just (laughs) it's just kind of stuck. Oh, my God. Has he stopped saying the Chinese virus yet? Because he was saying that for a while. No, he's been standing by calling it the Chinese virus. Yeah, he's a lover of geography. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his argument is that it came from China, so it should be called the Chinese virus. And, like, we barely even know that. Like, it started in China. That doesn't mean it fucking came from China. Could have come to China from somewhere else. Yeah, it's his passion for facts. That's what it is, you know? Every day he gets up, he's like, how can I make the world more specifically accurate? (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, no one, like, when this first started... I think the the general consensus in the United States was, well, we're a pretty well-developed nation, and we have the resources to fight something like this. And what no one thought to take into account making that argument was, yeah, but Trump's our president. Like, any Republican being in office during this is, we're immediately starting a few yards behind everyone else, because Republicans are bad at dealing with a crisis. Yeah, and like Heather said, bad at caring about science at all. Like, it's just going to, I feel like if things spin crazier over the next few years, they're just going to be even more trying to run against and argue against reality. I don't, I don't know how they do it. I think they'll just pull it off, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it really, it's like turning into a full on, you know, culture war, basically, like with the right, you know, who's like anti-intellectualism, you know, we don't like people who went to Harvard, blah, 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 versus like, you know, people who have read books and uh, believe scientists and doctors and they're like, yeah, you're just like a, like a, a libtard who listens to science and, and like you love Bill Nye. Like, that's basically what this. It's just like one side versus the other. And it's really exposing like this rift, you know, and especially because, well, another issue that and I think the Atlantic uh, has an article about this or touched on this is how um, so, you know, like the most affected cities by the virus so far are these cities that most people who are like more on the right or more conservative politically or like have a disdain for you know it's like new york city seattle uh chicago san francisco los angeles you know just like all these cities that are associated with like oh liberal elites stuff like that you know so people aren't taking it as seriously part partially due to that you know because it's like not in their like tiny little town in kansas yet but it will be so (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah and you know speaking of racism like i feel like this country as a whole and even like a lot of people who i wouldn't consider racists or out and out racists a lot of people until it hit italy they were like who cares that's that's fucking china they get viruses all the time Uh, they'll deal with it Mm -hmm. but once it came to a white country then in the united states we were like oh shit it kills white people too 
Well, that's kind of, that's interesting also because, you know, a hundred years ago, Italians were considered like, you know, scummy, like dirty people. I'm Italian, (laughs) I could say this, but, uh, (laughs) you know how like Italians used to be like derided as like, oh, those are like the dirty immigrants, you know, and it's like the whole shift globally is really interesting how that happens. Um, you know, the shift in like who we're racist towards and all that stuff, but. I don't know. It, very strange. Yeah. It's a bad world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things that inspired the FBI or prompted the FBI, I don't know if inspiration is the right word. It's not like some <laughs> FBI blogger was at home reading headlines and was inspired to put out this fucking press release. Uh, but a 19 year old man. I just man, imagined him in like an artist's studio, like, like overcome <laughs> by it, <laughs> this brilliant idea. <laughs> they're just one of us. <laughs> but the one of the incidents it referenced that was referenced in this report happened on March 14th at a Sam's Club in Midland, Texas. 19-year-old Jose Gomez stabbed three Chinese Americans, including a 6-year-old and a 2-year-old because he thought the family was Chinese and infecting people with the coronavirus. That was his quote. And I feel like this is the least surprising development because this Yeah. Like after 9-11, this happened, like the 9-11 attacks happened and then just half the country was scared of Muslims all of a sudden. I remember when the Rodney King riots happened, I was living in fucking Peoria, Illinois at the time, and my dad was in the hospital when the Rodney King riots happened in LA. And the guy he was sharing his hospital room with was shot in the face Oh, my God. The day after the L.A. riots by someone who was just riding around this Midwest town I grew up in looking for a black person to shoot. And he like, Jesus, he was a terrible shot. It just like grazed the guy's face. But like, this is just our go to thing for a crisis is we immediately uh, look for an enemy and start taking it out on him because that'll fix things. Your subway fight with a Chinese grandma is really going to cut this coronavirus spread right at the knees. Yeah, it's always someone in like the tiniest town possible. Like, how are, how are you going to be the gatekeeper for the whole country from like <laughs> a town of 20 people in Kansas? Doesn't make sense. Big surprise. Doesn't make sense. Misogyny. Also experiencing a surge under COVID-19. No. <laughs> if you can believe. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't that bad. I'm happy to see it coming back, honestly. It's been too long. I'm ready to stay in the kitchen, folks, okay? (laughs) This is almost just kind of funny, but not really. In Malaysia, the women's ministry offered tips for how wives should behave during the lockdown with a series of online posters. One of the posters warned women to refrain from being sarcastic if they (laughs) needed help with household chores. Another suggested speaking in the infantile voice of a blue robotic cat from Japan named Doraemon that's popular all across Asia in lieu of nagging, ladies. Keep those nags to yourself. <laughs> I've never Wait. heard of that. I want I want a robot cat. <laughs> yeah, I'm, w- one more time. It's a blue infantile robot cat from Japan. Well, just the voice is infantile, apparently. A blue robotic cat from Japan named Doraemon that's popular all across (laughs) Asia. If you kept abreast of popular trends in Asia, you would know about Doraemon. It's an adorable (laughs) robotic cat. The hashtag on all the posters was women prevent COVID-19, which are they like saying don't nag your husband so much that he leaves and spreads the virus to other people? Oh, my God. Horrible. Yeah, I guess. There were also no posters about how women should probably not be beaten by their partners at times like this. Oh, I mean, domestic violence is up everywhere. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, just a few nights ago, just down the hall in my apartment building, this couple was having a fight at like two or three in the morning and she kicked him out of the house. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was listening like through the door. I was like, do I need to call the police? It was, it sounded that bad, you know? It's really crazy, like how, well, cause you're being confined with someone who normally you can avoid, 
you know, if like they're going to work or you're going to work and now everybody's just like tossed in together and it's really putting a strain on like multiple resources, you know, that's another reason why there's going to be problems in hospitals, you know? Yeah. And I think mental health stuff is going to become a real fucking problem too with Mm-hmm. people shut in especially people who are shut in alone are you talking about me <laughs> <laughs> yes we're this is actually an intervention we're not recording any of this we were just building up i'm very alone <laughs> me and alex both wrote letters and we're gonna read those to you now <laughs> but uh, yeah i imagine domestic violence i mean not imagine i know there's uh articles out there about how it's up now and I guess also not super surprising because women be nagging. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I heard that from a poster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just traveled to Malaysia last week. They had posters all over. (laughs) Also, Republicans in three states, Texas, Ohio, and Alabama, used the Trump administration's guidelines about large gatherings and elective medical procedures as grounds for restricting access to abortions during the coronavirus outbreak, which I think the surprising part here is that in every case, federal judges in those states jumped in and issued temporary restraining orders to protect access to abortions. Holy cow. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So a fucking judge in Alabama jumped in and said, no, no, you're taking that a little too far. So... (laughs) It is good that yeah. in, in all three cases it was shot down, but I'm, I'm assuming they won't be the last three to try because why not make this political? I can't believe that happened in Ohio. I also, I wonder how much of all these villain things is people having too much time on their hands. Like most people I know are turning this into like, oh, I'm finally going to try that recipe or like, I'm finally going to like do an artistic hobby or something. But uh, Republican politicians, it's like, how do I turn this into everything I want? It's really, really frustrating. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy that people are still pulling tricks like this in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Like you have to understand, sure, your most rabid anti-abortionist constituents are going to be happy, but most of the world is going to fucking hate you and they will hear about this and you will be a fucking villain to countless numbers of people. But it's still that important to shut down abortions during a pandemic. Nuts. Yeah. That's why it's very important that we all go out and vote if we're ever able to again. Because Mm -hmm. another thing that is really struggling under coronavirus is democracy. (laughs) Fucking elections are getting postponed left and right. Ethiopia. Yeah just postponed their august elections because of the rona bolivia suspended their upcoming elections france suspended a bunch of local elections wisconsin where a lot of my family lives they are supposed to vote in their presidential primary next week oh the primary yeah april 7th and they're still going forward with it but polling places are shutting down because they don't have enough workers so what that means is people who go out to vote on primary day in wisconsin are going to be in massive lines with lots and lots of other people and i don't know what the ethical thing to do there is do you suspend the primary do you not have it i know vote by mail is the answer but we're not going to get that shit together in time for wisconsin's primary next week what do you do would either of you go vote if the primary in your state was happening right now yeah i would yeah (laughs) do i sound insane (laughs) I mean, I would just like, I would just be like, stay away from me. I'd be like, back away. Six feet. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you just wear a big bubble there. Like that, that one kid in the movie. (laughs) Alex, how about you? Yeah, I I don't think I'm that brave. I think, I think it's also, you say we won't get vote by mail together, but I think we all know we won't get vote by mail together because of uh, the Republicans, as, as mentioned in all the stories, right? Like, that's the only reason. Like, we could just print up ballots and make it happen, but we're not going to. Yeah, it would be nice if they could get it to be more of an option by the time the presidential election rolls around. But even then, like, how secure is that? Oh, I, I, I like, 
this is just my personal opinion. I don't endorse this for other people, but I do not trust mail-in ballots. Like, I am not into that. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't think that's unjustified. Like, we've had a few elections in recent years that, sure, even though they weren't contested, like, people had some questions, like Bush in 2004, Bush in 2000 also, but in 2004, there was all this weirdness with Ohio, and we didn't really say anything. There was some weirdness in the 2016 election. We didn't really say shit. So I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know how much I trust a vote by mail system. I don't, I definitely don't trust a vote by smartphone system. Like, oh, smartphones are <laughs> really easy to break into, and that's going to all depend on the security of each person's phone, which most people don't do a great job of shoring up their phone security. So, yeah, I don't know what the answer is here. Like, can I just shout my vote at someone from the window of a moving vehicle, record it on my phone, upload it to social media for proof that I voted for who I voted for? That's what we do. You would just be like catcalling your vote. That's weird. Yes. Like, yeah, Biden. Like, as you yeah. go by. Drive by. <laughs> Woo, Joe Biden. Yeah. Give me some <laughs> of that sugar. I mean, not really. I'd rather it be Bernie Sanders, but yeah. I mean, I, I think it's 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 pretty much him, though. It's pretty much Biden. Do we think Biden's still alive? I mean, if he is, he's in some <laughs> bunker somewhere. I haven't seen him. Have you? <laughs> I, I think he is all deep fakes at this point. <laughs> I don't know if he's actually out there campaigning still. So the last thing I want to talk about in relation to this, uh, another thing that's getting a whole lot worse, fascism is uh really i mean it's it's been hot for the past couple years but now it's <laughs> it's like yeah. really the fucking thing <laughs> the un issued a reminder this week that situations like this are exactly how authoritarian regimes get started this is a quote from joseph Kanatachi, the un special rapporteur on the right to privacy Dictatorships and authoritarian societies often start in the face of a threat. That is why it is important to be vigilant today and not give away all our freedoms. And that's another thing we do when there's a crisis. Like after 9-11, the Patriot Act, like that really stripped away a lot of our privacy rights. And we were just like, yeah, they're flying planes into buildings. What are we going to do? We got to let the NSA spy on us for the rest of our lives. And... This feels like, a. I talked about it last week, this feels like not only does it feel like we're heading toward that, but a lot of people are kind of encouraging it. Like a lot of people uh, who aren't doing that bad right now, like people who can work from home and, you know, they'll still be able to pay their bills. They're like, fuck it. We got to do this for 18 months. And it's like, I don't know if I want to give Trump 18 months of us locked in because we might not ever get unlocked from that and we're seeing that kind of thing happening around the world where people are seizing this as an opportunity to just be a little bit more of a tyrant one example the coronavirus relief bill that was just passed includes 500 million dollars meant to go toward tracking and data collection including phone and social media monitoring and like oh my god sure we need that now but how much do we trust Trump to flip that switch off when this whole thing is over and dealt with? Or will it just turn into a system for monitoring something else? Like, this would be a great test run for something like that. And we're like, fuck it, give us our $1,000 checks. And I get it. Like, people need that money. But this is the kind of thing that, like, we're going to have to live with because of this. Like, we're going to give something away to fix this and i feel like maybe we already did oh my god yeah so many things are coming to fruition when you think about like it really does feel like we're in a science fiction film that has like come to life <laughs> like we're entering like a very strange time and well i mean are, adam are you a big uh do you believe in the singularity or anything like that like that that's coming to fruition <laughs> Or a simulation. Well, singularity, you mean the thing where we all have to decide if we want to merge with the machines? 
Okay. So that's approaching. That's <laughs> I do I sound crazy? Okay. And then <laughs> Well, no, we've done we've done episodes about it before. One of the things uh like Elon Musk right now is pushing a product called Neuralink. And what it is, it's basically this chip that you can put in your brain and oh, yes. your phone, you don't need a phone anymore. It's in your head. Like it pulls up, you can pull up a little interface that you see inside your head and do all your internet shit that way. And the only thing standing between us and that is we don't have enough 5G infrastructure yet. Once we have 5G everywhere, our phones will be a thing that's just in our head. And the people who choose to not do that will just be a little further behind than the people who do. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we what we obviously see already is just like so many people are afraid, you know, afraid of, you know, being homeless, like not having a job to go back to. Um, and fear is the, the easiest thing to control people with, you know, is like, <laughs> like when people are afraid, that's the that's when they're the most malleable, basically. And we're seeing that happen you know exactly because you know i see people like talking about like yeah you know the 1200 dollars stimulus check it's definitely not enough but yeah i'm gonna cash it you know <laughs> like they're just like i'll take it you know it's very strange it's very interesting what's happening um but a lot of people don't have the privilege of you know turning down 1200 dollars you know um it's oh, very- oh i mean i'm gonna cash that check when it comes yeah <laughs> me too that's not a question. Isn't the check also taxed? I've heard that too. So like you kind of have to cash it to pay the taxes on it, right? <laughs> I'm not an accountant. I think it's like ta- the taxes are deducted from your uh, your return next year, I think. I don't know. Uh, that's how they get you. One place where this has really spun out of control in terms of authoritarian shit is Hungary. Hungary already had a prime minister, Viktor Orban, who has been pushing the country more and more right wing. Yeah. And he's a big anti-immigration guy. He's he's very much about Hungary being for Hungarians. And now he's seized on this as just proof that everything he's been saying is correct. And last week, Hungary passed a coronavirus bill that gave Viktor Orban the power to rule by decree with no end date. So he doesn't have to run shit by parliament. There's no checks, no balances. He can just do whatever for as long as it takes him to decide he doesn't want that kind of power anymore, which should be any time. Parliament is closed. Future elections are called off. The opposition tried to put a limit on the bill, but Orban supporters make up two-thirds of parliament, and that majority voted to literally kill their own democracy and the law also stipulates five-year prison sentences for hungarians found to be spreading false information it doesn't say false information about coronavirus just false information so if you maybe write an article about how hungary is becoming an authoritarian nightmare you could go to prison for five years for that under this coronavirus bill that they passed and there's no end to it so There was a Washington Post headline that said coronavirus just killed its first democracy. And uh, that sounds accurate. Well, I don't think they had democracy there that long, though. Yeah, it is a pretty new democracy there. (laughs) So it was kind of shaky. This guy looks so angry. Did you look at his picture? Oh, yeah. Victor Orban is a nightmare. He's He's scary. (laughs) Well, this is, I mean, and if there's like a positive way any of this goes, it's that hopefully... Because like like you're saying, like all the the villains of this are people who were villains beforehand, too. And just maybe this is like some kind of yellow highlighter for like, hey, look, these were the things that were fucked up before. And we still need to get like Hungary's a liberal leader out of power. You know, I don't know how to do that, but it seems like this is a way to to point them out more uh, obviously. Yeah, I did read while I was researching this. I read an article about ways this could impact our election in the fall and one of them that does seem pretty obvious to me is it could just really highlight how shitty trump is at this job you would hope so 
to the point yeah. where most of the country is just like, okay, we can't keep doing this. Now, weren't the polls up for him last week? Like, do you approve of the way Trump is handling the coronavirus crisis? And people are like, yep. Yeah, he got like a 60% approval rating on how he's dealing with coronavirus. That's nuts. Yeah, that's insane. Like, I, I can't imagine this eroding his support because those are the same people who are like, I can still go to Red Robin. I'm an American. <laughs> Red Robin is good though. Don't don't trash Red Robin, okay? <laughs> Red Robin does make a, a decent burger. I will give you that. <laughs> also, if the physical location's closed, you can't get bottomless fries, right? That's a disaster. No. Yeah, you know we're fucked right now because all the Waffle House is closed. Oh God! <laughs> like I I talk all the time on this podcast about the Waffle House Index, which is a thing FEMA uses to determine how bad. A certain area is after a natural disaster and it's because waffle house has this policy of they will do no matter what to stay open and still serve people so yeah. if the waffle house in that area is like only serving coffee and eggs fema knows that area is a little worse off than the area where waffle house is just operating at full capacity and if waffle house is closed they just bomb that city out of existence because it's not even worth trying to fix <laughs> they nuke it from orbit that's what they do <laughs> yeah yeah they got a big space laser shaped like a waffle house weirdly enough it's called the waffle house space laser uh, this is going to be shameful but i've never eaten that one you've never eaten at a waffle house no neither have i you haven't <laughs> no there they had them in my hometown in colorado springs they were pretty popular but i've never been there I toured, I did a show in North Carolina with Portugal the Man, and I almost went to Waffle House after that show. Or no, 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 no. It was in Athens, Georgia. Almost went to Waffle House. I think about it all the time. Missed opportunity. The one that got away. Yeah, they're everywhere in the South, and we keep almost going. Uh, and then we just decide, no, let's go to a restaurant we like. But it's always available all the time. <laughs> Sometimes it's fun to keep shit like that going. Like, I have no idea what Steve Miller looks like, and I never want to know. I don't, I don't, what the fuck do I care what the guy who wrote the Joker looks like? I don't give a shit. Wow, but I have no idea what he looks like. See? Join me. I have to, I have to Google yeah. it. Don't, don't. Wouldn't no, you rather just never I know? <laughs> I hope one I day to. Steve Miller hears this and just approaches me on the street. Oh, wait. No, I have seen him before. Do not share your screen with me, please. Okay. Yeah, don't. I don't, I, I I don't want know. this ruined. I've also never heard Old Town Road. It's okay. Yeah, that's what I figure. I don't need yeah. to. It's fine. I don't know how it became a global phenomenon. It's fine. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm cheap, I guess. <laughs> so, do we have any, any final thoughts? Anything anyone wants to talk about? How's everyone doing? I haven't seen people in a few days. Uh, it's good to see you, yeah. And, uh, same and nice to meet you heather uh i'm, I'm doing okay yeah we, we feel healthy and we're and we're making the best of it and uh i don't know i'm still just like hoping this makes the bad stuff that was bad before more noticeable and fixable later like that i hadn't even thought about victor orban in a long time but there's an amazing story about him basically embezzling government funds once he was fully in power to build a way too big soccer stadium in his hometown because that's just like dictator stuff. That's just what they do. And now I'm thinking of that because we're talking about him and now the listeners hearing about it. You know, I don't know. I'm hoping that kind of process goes on more often. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. Heather, how about you? How, do you miss doing do either of you miss doing stand up? No, I'm glad it's over, actually. I, uh, I'm i with you on that. I don't, yeah, I could give I'm a shit. I'm glad stand-up is over. Uh, we needed people to quit stand-up. Obviously, this is what needed to happen. Uh, I don't see a lot of people coming back to it. Obviously, I will be back in it uh, because I have nothing else going for me in life. Um, <laughs> I am still unmarried. Um, if you are interested in possibly dating me, please email me. <laughs> Heathermorley at gmail.com. Uh, I'm starting to crack mentally. I'll, I'll be honest. Okay. Physically, oh, I feel great. Very healthy. I take my temperature every morning. It's honestly below uh, the normal average human temperature because I am an ice bitch. And 
<laughs> that's going well. But uh, mentally, I'm starting to break down and have existential crises in the middle of the day. <laughs> so, well, that sucks. But I feel like that's that's kind of the story with a lot of L.A. comedians right now, because comedy is such a social thing. I don't know. There's so many people still trying to be like, come to my digital virtual stand-up show. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Nobody <laughs> cares what you have to say right now. You <laughs> selfish bitch. <laughs> now, I am starting a, a, an Instagram talk show next month. So uh, <laughs> please watch that. <laughs> That's different, though. You know, it's not stand-up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, things are fine. I don't. I wasn't doing much stand-up in L.A., so I don't... I, I was looking forward to touring. We were maybe going to do a show in Buffalo. I mean, we still can someday, but uh, for right now, it's fine. I'm more, like, I'm more worried. Right now, my worry is the future. Not like... Like, each day has seemed like it's fine, but shit's going to get crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting ready. <laughs> Either of you have shows you want to plug before we go? <laughs> <laughs> like my tight five on zoom that's coming up yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> i'll be hitting all the florida beaches there's still crowds there no i think they even <laughs> shut those down there's no one to do comedy for it's all right yeah has anybody photoshopped that uh that florida governor into like the anchor jacket of the jaws mayor i really just think that needed to happen it probably already has but it's got to yeah. it has to be out there he but he eventually shut everything down the Florida governor today, I just saw on yeah, I think it was today. the news. He finally <laughs> locked it. Like, way to be ahead of things. There's still six states that haven't. South Dakota hasn't. I used to live in South Dakota. Well, it's very sparse. Yeah. Like, there are cities in South Dakota. It's not all Sioux sparse. Falls? Yeah, I used to live in Sioux Falls. It's a regular town with bars and restaurants and places people gather oh, in public. Wait, they have the bars and restaurants open probably yeah i don't know yeah i don't know they might have all that stuff shut down but i doubt it south dakota's a very special place they play by their own rules so yeah i think that's our episode i know we don't where can people find you on social media heather oh me uh yeah so i'm on twitter and instagram at fixed air heather i also have a podcast called unruly with heather Marulli. <laughs> And I actually just posted a new episode today, so that's exciting. I'm still making content. Same. Alex. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find you? Yeah, at Alex Schmitty on Twitter and at Alex Schmitzagram on Instagram. And then, uh, yeah, Cracked Podcast is still going. And I, it is, like I was saying, that the things that were bad before the pandemic are, are worse than the pandemic. But also, like, even pre-pandemic, podcast taping was a very nice way to, like, talk to somebody for an hour where we're not, like checking our phones and stuff you can check your phones i'm not an old person but uh i don't know it's really nice to be able to still do this kind of stuff thanks to internet magic feels great i might not ever go back this seems this is great for me it's pretty chill yeah no one has to travel it's fun but yeah we'll we'll be out and able to hug people again soon probably anyway until then yeah until then i'm gonna be like that blue robotic cat at all times that was a good tip yeah, speaking that infantile blue robotic cat voice so you don't get slapped, America. Tips from Malaysia. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye. Heather, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 